Happy New Year. How many of you have anyone here made any New Year's resolutions? Julie has. Thank you. All right, we got one. Anybody already broken any New Year's resolutions? What is it, what is it about, uh, about New Year's and resolutions? Why, why do people choose this time to start thinking about making changes in their lives? Now, that's a rhetorical question. Just sit there and think about it, okay? Yeah, I have an answer. Yeah, I know. Uh, Here's the deal. There's nothing magic about a calendar or about a new year. Or Here's the deal. The truth is New Year's is not really any different than any other new day or new month. Here's what happens on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. The sun goes down, sun comes up. And it, but people sing songs, and they wear funny hats, and they drink things they shouldn't, and all kinds of stuff happens. But what, what's, what's the deal with? What's the deal with that? It's not any different. But any time that we give ourselves permission to imagine the future differently than the present, or the past, that is a good thing. That is hope. So honestly, even though I don't really get it, I'm all for it. Happy New Year. Let's do this. We don't need a holiday to be grateful, but I'm glad we do. We don't need a holiday to be generous, but I'm glad we got one of those. So let's just go ahead and have a holiday for hope. Wishes and resolutions don't really sustain hope for us or create real change. But, but if you can look through the lens of faith and then take a step toward what you see, then you can change your life. So what do you see? What do you see when you look at the circumstances or the relationships or the the situations in your life? When you look at what is now, what do you see? But this morning, I want to ask you to look again. I want you to look again at your life through the lens of faith and ask a better question. What can be? And having seen what can be this morning, we want you to take the step of faith, to take the next step of faith toward what your faith shows you is possible. Every year for the last few years, I've read this story. And every once in a while, I I think, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do that this year. I should do something different. And then, honestly, in prayer and in reflection, I cannot escape the opportunity to come back and talk to us about the lens of faith and a vision for our future. Are you ready? If you're newer to Heritage, this might be newer for you. But here we go. Story time with Pastor Dan. (laughs) Once there was a great kingdom. 
This kingdom was known throughout all lands for its splendor, for its magnificent buildings, its great terraced gardens and bountiful farms. But through time, all that changed. Now the once great buildings were falling down and in need of much repair. The farms were now small and did not grow enough food for the kingdom. The the poor villagers would oftentimes go to bed hungry. The people of this kingdom were not just poor by way of things, but they were poor of spirit, for there was not much joy in their village. There were no dances. Rarely was music heard. Worst of all, the people had forgotten why their kingdom was once great. The king of this land did not look as you might expect the king to look, for he did not have a magnificent throne or flowing robes or a golden crown inlaid with precious gems. He was the king of a poor kingdom, so he looked quite ordinary and poor himself. His castle was always cold and in need of repair. He did not entertain kings of other lands, for he was greatly ashamed of his kingdom. To the east of this unhappy land was a beautiful kingdom with great farms and glorious cathedrals and castles. There were lovely gardens adorned with fine sculptures and sparkling fountains. Night and day, the breeze from the city walls carried the most exquisite music and enticing scents of perfume and and of spices, as well as the smell of delicacies, for there was an abundance of food in the land. It made the people even more unhappy to look upon the wealth of their neighbors for Despite their poverty, the people prided themselves on once having been a great kingdom. The king did not often leave his castle, for he was very weary of all the complaints of his subjects. One day as he sat down to a meager meager dinner of bread and cheese and boiled mutton, Again, all I can think of is the Princess Bride. We had bacon, lettuce, and mutton. And the mutton. <laughs> Boiled mutton. There came a knock at the castle door. I don't have time for that. The king's servant opened the door to find an old man. With a, someday I'm going to do this, and it's going to be a, like a human video. I'll read it, and there'll be people acting it out. Uh, There's a, there's, there's a split in the church. <laughs> Mrs. Dab is voting no, 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 no. Okay. The, 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 uh, the king's servant opened the door to find a man with a large oak walking stick. The man wore a cap and a girdle with a coarse wooden, woolen, wooden, wool, woolen tunic. A large cloak of skins was draped over his shoulders. He was carrying a leather canister which hung from his shoulders by rawhide, rawhide stri- uh, straps. Hail, said the old man. I am but passing through your kingdom to the village to the east, but I am looking for an inn to spend the night. The servant frowned. This is not an inn. This is the king's castle. And the traveler looked around in surprise and said, this is not much of a castle. Eyes, the servant agreed. Still, he said, I'm, 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 I'm weary from my journey, and I'd, I'd like to rest here. You must inquire of my Lord, said the servant. Uh, well, lead me to him. The servant led the traveler down a dark, cold hallway to the king's dining room. The king looked up from his meal as the man entered. You are the king of this land, the old man asked. I am. You do not look like a king. 
The king frowned. I am the king of a poor kingdom. Our farms don't grow. Our buildings are falling down. My people weary me day and night with their complaints. It's, it's a danger sign when we become an expert at reciting what's wrong. People weary me day and night with complaints. When we're more familiar with what's wrong than what's possible, then we are looking through the wrong lens. We were once a great kingdom, but all that has changed. The traveler nodded slowly. Why do you not change back? He asked. Change, the king replied angrily. We have tried. We've done that before. We have tried only to fail. We lack all the knowledge of of what once made this kingdom great. You lack but one thing, said the old man. If you'll give me supper and lodging for the night, I will on the morrow show you why you fail. The king looked at him thoughtfully and said, bring it. No, he said, we're going to rewrite this thing. Motioning to the platters of bread and cheese and meat, he said, eat your fill. The servant brought in a wooden platter and the, 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 young, the, the old man ate with the king. And when the, he had finished his meal, he left, he left him and retired. And that night, as the king lay in his bed, he wondered if the stranger had tricked him. The next morning, the traveler came to the king in his throne room and said, You have lived up to your part of the bargain. Now I will live up to mine. Follow me. The king followed the old man to the castle balcony. There the the old man brought out a long round canister and pulled from it a brass tube with a sewn leather cover. A spyglass. And he raised the spyglass to his eye and looked out over the land until a smile crossed his face. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's, that really is how the Holy Spirit looks at you and what he sees. i got to save the book. Okay. Then he handed the spyglass to the king and said, thank you, Austin. He's handed the spyglass to the king and said, now that you all know, ready? He's handed the spyglass to the king and said, I got to tell you again, I tell you every time. A few years ago, I said that, and someone thought I said, look thinner. <laughs> and uh, they got very blessed. Ooh, this is a good message. <laughs> they leaned in and started taking notes. Look thither. Then the king looked out through the glass. He could see great farms and gardens and magnificent castles and cathedrals. He lowered the spyglass and said impatiently, I have seen the wonders of the eastern kingdom, and I hear far too much from them. You are mistaken, said the traveler. It is your own kingdom that you see. The king raised the spyglass. This time he recognized the hills and the glens of his own kingdom. But where there had been barren pasture, there were now fields of grain stretching as far as the eye could see. His own people were in the fields, their wagons overflowing with their harvest. You are a wizard, said the king. It's a trick of the glass. It's no trick, said the traveler. But when the king put down the glass, his kingdom looked the same as it did before. Well, nothing has changed, 
he said. No, said the traveler, change requires work. But one must see before doing. The king again raised the glass. What greatness this kingdom holds. Oh, everybody say that with me, Reese, will you? What greatness this kingdom holds. Say it again. What greatness this kingdom holds. You have seen what can be, said the old man. Now, go and make it so. After two harvests, I will return for my spyglass. The king on horseback went out into his kingdom, and he rode until he came to the edge of a once beautiful garden, now overrun with weeds and thistles. No one played in the garden. There, was, there were no happy cries of children playing in, in, the, in the garden or, 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 a, or a group of uh, anybody doing anything that they would do in the garden. A group of villagers were standing outside the fence. Their, their children were at their feet playing in a dirty roadway. Why do you not use the garden, the king asked them. Well, it's not fit, sire, replied the woman. So it is not, agreed the king, but it could be. Look, and the king held out the spyglass. One by one, the villagers looked through the tube at the garden, and the weeds and the thistles were gone, and the lawns were lush and inviting. But when they set down the glass, the garden returned to its overgrown state. It's an amusing device, said one man, but it's of no use. No use indeed, said the king. Behold, knave. And he went into the garden and began to pull the weeds up by his own hands. And when the villagers saw what he was doing, they too began to pull weeds until they uncovered a large marble statue of an angel. Its wings spread, its face gazing toward heaven. And the people stared at the statue in silent awe. At length, the king mounted his horse. But before he left, he said, you have seen what can be. Now, go, make it so. The king rode further down the road until he came to a farmer sitting on the ground, threshing grain with a small flail. How goes it, man? The king asked. The weary farmer barely looked up. Can't grow even enough to feed ourselves, sire, said the farmer. The king lifted the spyglass from his coat. Come hither, good man. Behold your farm. You know what he should have said, right? Come hither. Look thither. That would have been good writing. I'm going to send this guy a note. Come hither. Look thither. The farmer lifted the eyepiece to his eye and gasped, it's sorcery. The king said, you have seen what can be. Now go. Make it so. Farther down the road, the king came to a, a crumbling cathedral. The roof had rotted and fallen in, and it was no longer safe to enter its arched doors. There were tents pitched outside where a small congregation had gathered. The king rode his horse up to the tent. A friar who stood before the people stopped speaking at his approach and turned to see the king. Why do you meet in tents, the king asked. Why, sire, our cathedral has fallen. Well, why don't you rebuild it? The friar opened his arms to his congregation. We are few in number and poor. Have you? And then the king replied, have you shown your congregation what can be? The friar looked quizzically at the king and said, what might that be? See for yourself, said the king, handing in the glass. The friar looked through it and he saw a new cathedral. 
larger than the decaying building and more elaborate, adorned with beautiful sculptures of saints and cherubs. And he saw a newly refurbished children's wing that was safe and meaningful and rich in ministry with, with dozens and dozens of children cramming to get in there and learning that they're valuable and that they have a hope and a future, that they matter and that they are safe here. He saw a place where people were coming home by the dozens, finding a place where they know that God loves them, and he loves them just the way they are, but he loves them too much to leave them that way. And he has a hope and a future for them. The friar stared in awe. By the grace of God, he said, I, I've seen a vision. No, said the king, you have seen what can be. Now go and make it so. Day by day, the king went out until he had visited all the people of his kingdom and shown them what can be. There were those who would not look through the glass or who refused to believe what they saw. The greater part of the villages looked with wonder and hope. Here's where I would ask the question, which will you be? That same year, there was a plentiful harvest, and the farmers filled their wagons with barns and grain. But not just the farmers prospered. The wagon builders were busy building wagons to carry all the grain, and the millers were busy milling the grain into the flour. And for the first time, for as long as the villagers could remember, there was more than enough to eat. Music and dancing again filled the streets. Uh, old buildings were repaired, and new buildings arose, including the beginning of the most majestic cathedral in all the land. As promised, two harvests later, the traveler returned. He almost didn't recognize the castle, for so greatly had it changed. The scarred wooden door he had once knocked on was now intricately carved and brand new. Beautiful tapestries adorned the now-polished marble floors. The castle's once cold chambers were warmed with heat and music, and the king was attended to by a bevy of servants and maids. The king, dressed in lavish robes of fur and silk, warmly welcomed the old man. My friend, he said, I have awaited your return. Look at what prosperity your spyglass has brought my people. Let us make a merry, let us make merry and prepare a feast in your honor. The old man smiled and said, you've done well, he said, but I cannot tarry. I've only come for my spyglass, and I'll be on my way. The king frowned. I would say he panicked. In the two seasons since you blessed us with your arrival, we've accumulated much treasure. In exchange for the spyglass, I will trade all the gold in the royal coffers with men and wagons enough to carry it wherever your destination. You've spoken wisely, said the, tri said the traveler, for... The gift of the spyglass is worth more than all the gold and all the royal coffers throughout all the land. But keep your gold. You no longer need the spyglass. But there is still so much to be done. But you no longer need the spyglass. You can see without it. How is that possible, said the king. The spyglass only showed you what could be if you believed. For it was only faith that you and your people lacked. The king shook his head in disbelief. How can this be? Faith is foolishness. 
So says the fool, the old man said. Faith is the beginning of all journeys. It is by faith that the seed is planted. It is by faith that the foundation is dug. It is by faith that each book is penned and each song is written. Only with faith can we see that which is not but can be. The eye of faith is greater than the natural eye, for the natural eye sees only a portion of truth. The eye of faith sees without bounds or limits. I had not supposed, said the king. That is why you once failed, said the old man. But faith is why you now succeed. He placed his hands on the king's shoulder and said with a smile, you have seen what might be. Now go and make it so. In the Bible, we first learn about faith through a man named Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. This man Abraham has no particular record of any relationship with God, but God meets him and offers him a promise of a future and a family, and Abraham responds with faith. And it is that act of faith that initiates the the community of God, the redeemed people of God. And that's why he's called the father of the faithful. And as such, Abraham's life teaches us much about faith. The apostle Paul wrote about Abraham in Genesis chapter 4, uh, at Genesis chapter 4, in Romans chapter 4, it would be difficult for Paul to have written Genesis. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 18, Paul says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. Just as it had been said to him. He believed as it had been said. He, he heard, or you and I might say we hear or we see, we, we, we receive, we hold on to, we listen to the promise of God, and in response, we believe. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Faith says God has the power to do what he's promised. Would everybody say that with me, please? Faith says God has the power to do what he's promised. So faith lets me see what can be. The writer of Hebrews tells me, tells us that faith enables me, is, is, is the evidence of what I haven't seen yet. But faith is evidence. Faith is the lens through which I look using the promises of God to see what can be and what should be. Now, oftentimes you and I struggle with this as some of the people in our story because we don't have a, people don't have a frame of reference for hope. Oftentimes something has, something has been wrong or been a way for so long that people don't know that it can be a different way. We're so used to it be, being the way that it is. But that's, what we, that's when we take the scriptures and we begin to comb through them and read through them and let the promises of God wash over our hearts and our minds and begin to inform us that the word of God becomes to be a lens through which we see differently. Faith searches the storehouses and the promises of God. And there it finds, faith finds hope to which it can hold fast. Abraham looked at what was, and by faith, 
He saw what could be. And he was persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. And that is looking thither. Faith will enable you and I to do the same. Everybody say you and me. Faith will allow us to do the same. But first, you and I need to take an honest look at what is. Sometimes it's tough to take an honest look at what is. But not looking is worse. Take an honest look at what is. And the truth is, you might, when you take a look at life the way it is, you might find a lot to, you should find a lot to be grateful for. And you'll find some things that say that you, that will meet you with a resolve to make a change. But either way, through gratitude or resolve, you'll come to a place where you'll say, I'm ready. I'm ready to look through the lens of faith to see what can be. To look thither. Some of you may have been looking. Let me just say this. Keep looking. Never look down. Never look back. Look thither. Come on, everybody with me, just say it. Look thither. For this church, for this house, looking thither. My goodness, there's so much in front of us physically and spiritually. Again, we've talked about the children's wing and our goal for Easter of this year. And then there's so much more. Just things like this. You know, we're gonna, we want to add, we, we, we're going to add right away, we're going to add more lighting into this room and change, change the visibility here. We originally designed it so you could see, uh, and, and, to see in the first few rows, but then you all kept coming. So now we have to add more light for the back rows. Don't worry, we'll have more light in here. We're also going to we're also going to get about 46 more chairs. Don't worry, we have a place for them. Yeah. So much more to do. But more than just facility stuff, we have in our hearts to just be in, ever in, to, to increasingly become a place where 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 we are defined where we, we are driven by the power of God. Where God's presence and his power is so real where the increasing manifest power of the Holy Spirit is in our lives to empower us to be disciples and witnesses and worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is a matter of power. God wants to be powerfully present in your lives and out from this church. There's so much more to do. All of us, I need to keep looking thither, my staff, my team, my deacons, I need you to look, we need we to look thither. But it's not just about uh, the the body of the church as a body. This is about your life, you specifically. What about you? When you look through the lens of faith, what can you see? When you you look through the promises and the word of God, what, what, what can be, what should be in your life? What about the year in front of you? What does your family look like through the lens of faith? Or your finances? What about unfinished projects? What about unresolved conflicts? Dreams, desires. It's time to start dusting off some dreams. Faith, having seen what can be, cannot be satisfied with what is. Hope is dangerous. It disturbs the status quo. How many want to be intoxicated by hope? (laughs) Well, then lift up your eyes. Look longer. Look further. Look thither. Might as well just say it with me. Look thither. 
So having seen what can be, we know the next step. Go and make it so. Because faith lets me see, and then faith leads me to act. Faith doesn't just make believe. Faith makes things happen. You know, some of you might even be in the room right now. I know we're going to wrap it up, so don't get too nervous. But some of you might be in the room right now and say, hey, Pastor Dev, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I, I don't feel like I have enough faith. Well, then remember Jesus saying, he said, hey, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can talk to a mountain and it will move. And we think, wow, that must, is faith magic? Is it, what does that mean? Here's the deal. Why would Jesus use, don't just go quick to a metaphor like, oh, he just means something small. He said seed. Listen, the only, seeds only do something when you do something with them. Here's what he's saying. You can take faith that is as small as a mustard seed, and if you plant it, the possibility cannot be measured. But for faith to move mountains, faith has got to get moving. James said, faith without works is dead. James said in chapter 2, even about Abraham, he said, hey, consider Abraham's faith and how it, it, that his works, his obedience to God, blended, worked with his faith to be called righteous. That Abraham believed God, and because he believed, he obeyed. Bonhoeffer said, only the obedient believe. Faith makes things happen. Faith precedes and promotes real change. Faith acts. It takes steps. It takes responsibility. All right. You might say, Pastor Dap, yeah, I can see through the lens of faith. And what I see, it's difficult for me to see how I'm supposed to get from here all the way to there. Here's the, here's the great part. We not only see by faith, we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says we walk by faith. So once you see through the lens of faith the promises of God of what can be, you don't need to worry about knowing how to get all the way from here to there. The only thing you need to do is take the next step. Take the next step toward what you see, and, you're, and God will meet you in that obedience. And God will go before you, and God will go behind you, and God will work with you if you'll take the next step of obedience. So here we are, 2019. How many are ready to look thither? How many are ready to look thither? How many are ready to consider the word of God, consider the promises of God's word, to look thither, and having seen what can be, to go and make it? Let's stand together, shall we? On the back of your bulletin, you'll, you'll see an opportunity for you just to write some notes to yourself. To ask just to really to answer these three questions. What, what, do you, what do you believe? What can you see? What will you do first? What will you do next? If you don't take the next step, if you don't take the next step of something right in front of you, then, then it does remain just a flight of fan- fantasy. It just, just does remain wishful thinking. But boy, if you can look through the lens of faith and take the next step, God will go with you and before you. And nothing will be impossible. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks for your faithfulness, how you've been with us. We thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for even the last couple of years in this house and all that you've been doing. 
And Lord, we just take a deep breath of gratitude and say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And we let that gratitude fuel our faith. We let that gratitude pour into the reservoir of faith for us to believe you for every good thing, for every promise, for every assignment, for every mission, for every calling, for every passion and dream. every area of obedience that you're calling us to. We look through the lens of faith. We say, yes, Lord. Amen. We obey. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless your people? Would you give them strength and grace and joy today on their journey? Lord, may the joy of the Lord fuel them and accompany them and stir up, stir up more hope in their hearts than they have seen in years and years. Lord, I thank you that you are a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper in the light and the darkness. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you say amen? If you're ready for great things and breakthrough, would you say amen? All right, be kind to one another on your way home. God bless you. Walk by faith.